0: All right, boys and girls, welcome once again to Grease the Wheels. This is your Uncle Jimmy, coming to you live from the Rock and Roll Garage. Obviously not live anymore, if you're listening to this. I want to talk to you today uh, about a subject that kind of gets me fired up, and I know that some of you enjoy that, and some of you probably don't. Uh, I want to talk to you about your service advisors. Now, we have talked about service advisors before, and how much we mostly fucking hate them. Uh, we hate some of the things that they do. And we hate some of the things that they say. And I would like to go into a specific thing that they do, being how they sell. Now, one of the problems that we are experiencing as technicians, if we work in a shop where we have service advisors and they are not the owner of the shop and they're not the technician, then they're basically just a middleman. Okay, they're in the middle. And it's not a great place to be. Not for them. It's actually. And I've said this before, and I, I I mean it completely. Being a service advisor can be one of the most terrible jobs on the planet. And just to reiterate what that what I mean by saying that is that if you're a service advisor and you have to talk to a customer about their car, about ninety-five percent of the time that car is broken. So what that means is that you have a customer whose car doesn't work and for that particular customer, because their car doesn't work, because it's broken, because something's wrong with it, their life, their whole life has gone completely off the fucking rails, all because their car doesn't work. And in most cases, it doesn't work and they don't know why, which makes the, the right turn that they made off the rails even harder, because now it involves the expenditure of money, money that they wanted to spend on something else money that they had earmarked for something else, or perhaps even money they don't have. And that's part of the problem, is that your customer base at a shop is worked up, even before they touch the phone, they're worked up into a frenzy. And now, what they're gonna do is they're gonna call your shop. And chances are, in many shops, they're not gonna get through to anybody. Quite frankly, if you've ever called your own shop or any other shop for that matter, you're lucky if a human being answers the phone. Uh, It's a problem. But you have actually created the problem yourself as a customer because you're in a frenzy, because your life has gone off the rails, because your car is broken, because you're now suddenly a completely and totally unfucking reasonable human being to deal with. And now you're going to get on a phone and you are going to convey all of that horse shit all that unreasonableness, the frenzy that your life is now in, you're going to convey that all over the phone to a service advisor. And you know what? I don't blame them for not picking the phone up. I don't blame them one goddamn bit. Would you answer the phone if you knew on the other end was a fucking crazy ass bitch whose car broke because she refused the maintenance on it two months ago? And now she can't do this and she can't do that. Oh, God, my life is just total shit now, as if it wasn't before. And now she has to take it out on somebody and it's going to be the service advisor. Trust me, boys, if you're turning wrenches and you're thinking about becoming a service advisor, I, I, I don't think that there's really any way you can prepare yourself for the sheer amount of horse shit that comes over the phone when somebody with a broken fucking car calls them. You can't, okay? So I give all service advisors major league kudos for putting up with that, even if it's just for one fucking day. And I've seen advisors work for a day or two days or a week or two weeks and say, there ain't no amount of money worth this and they get the fuck out of the business. But I'm not here to praise service advisors. I know their job's tough, I've said it before, I've praised them before, I've, I've had many service advisors that I enjoy, I have many service advisors that I call friends, and that doesn't mean that they do the job great, it just means I like them. I've also talked about how I get irritated when they get treated like a, a, a fucking spoiled royal at Christmas time, that's, that's annoying, but that's not what this is about. This is about how they sell, about selling a job. You as a technician, you go through and you have a responsibility to look at the car and to point out and to make a note of everything that's wrong with the car. I I get it. It's part of the job. You do it. We all do it. Uh, Lots of us have a program in our computer where we log into the RO and it offers up an NPI, a maintenance inspection, and it's mandatory. You can't even get out of that RO until you do it. And a lot of us, and I'll be frank with you, I do it sometimes, but rarely, honestly, honestly, this is just God's honest truth, rarely do I just fudge them. Rarely do I just go in and put down that everything was okay and that the tires were at seven millimeters and so were the brakes and the air, air pressures were X, you know, and then pff, complete and get the fuck out of it. I don't do that. I have done that. I do it rarely. I try to give everybody a honest assessment on what's wrong with their car, Uh I can't speak for anybody else cannot I think that some of the technicians I work with probably do it a little more often than I do uh, some of them don't whatever okay either way what we're talking about here is what is done with that information okay let's say I get a car in and I'm doing an oil change on and I look at it the tires are bald and the brakes are just about metal to metal and I qu- quote that they need four tires in alignment and I quote that they need pads and rotors on all four wheels and boom I send it off to Parts, Parts looks it all up, gives them an estimate, lets them know if they have the parts, and then it goes to an advisor. And where I work now, I have a lot of advisors I like. They're all working pretty hard, at least they appear to be. We're busy, so there's always talking to people, they're always doing things, and then they have to uh, uh, do other things as well, such as call aftermarket warranty companies, which is a hell all unto its own, which I'm not gonna go into here. And then also they have to uh, put people in loaner cars because we're a dealership. And that's one of the joys. One of the good things about working a dealer is that there's loaner cars. So if it takes three or four days to get a car fixed for whatever reason, no one's really climbing up your ass too much because that customer's in a loaner. And quite frankly, they don't ever, they don't give a fuck if they ever get their car back. That again is a whole nother podcast. No, what I'm talking about is when that service advisor gets your estimate for that particular car and it has four tires and alignment and four-wheel brakes on it and they don't sell it. There have been several times where I have actually gone up front to where the advisor is and said, listen, I know you decline these tires, but there are honest to God cords sticking out. I would not recommend that this I don't even want to drive it over to the fucking car wash. That's how bad the tires are. They have neglected this vehicle to the point where it is now a 1,000% dangerous to operate in any manner whatsoever. And they'll look at me, and without blinking an eye, and this has happened so many fucking times that I just want to strangle them. Oh, well, look, the guy's got an appointment tomorrow to get tires at, you know, name a shop in your area that does tires. Or, or he's going to buy them online. Or it, There's always an excuse. To me, what has happened is that they have just not, they've decided not to sell those tires. They've decided not to sell those tires. That's what that is. And that they're just giving me some sort of bullshit excuse to get me to leave them alone. Okay. I feel that that's true a hundred percent of the time. I really do. Because if somebody's got tires that are that fucking bad, I feel like they don't even know. They don't know they're bad. Nobody drives around. on Really, really bad tires, and knows it. I mean, maybe they can't afford them, but they still got to do something. They got to do something. Maybe they they go, oh, I, I just need two, or can I get just one replaced, or you know, maybe maybe there's just one tire that's bad. It that happens, it happens. Maybe they have to pick them off one at a time because they can't afford it. Uh, quite frankly, with the brand that I work for, uh, if a customer says they can't afford it, they're full of shit. Okay, because the people who own the cars for the brand that I work on, are the ones who have all of the money. They have it all. And the reason they have it all is because they never buy anything. They need to fork over. Quite frankly, with the premium European brand that I work for, if somebody says, I don't have the money, I just say, look them dead in the eye and say, that's total fucking bullshit. Then you own the wrong kind of car. I'm going to take you over to the Chevy dealership and I'm going to drop you off and we're going to put you into a nice little cruise or a Volt or maybe a Colorado or some fucking other little car that cost half the price of the one that you got now okay if you can't maintain it you can't pay for it you have the wrong car your tires are bald i don't even want to let you have it i should make you tow it out of here so that i don't have any liability about what that car is going to do in the next five minutes whatsoever but that's not happening that's not happening my service advisor just doesn't want to sell doesn't want to sell stuff sometimes they just go oh well the guy doesn't have any money they make a they make it a they make a a judgment call based on maybe on where the guy's dressed or what the car looks like or the age of it or the mileage of it or whatever and then they just decide they don't want to do it this happens all the fucking time and it irks the shit out of me because if you said to the guy listen come back here i want to show you these tires and you just turn the steering wheel and you show them that they're fucking bald and they go oh my god i didn't know they were that bad let the technician sell the fucking things you know i mean i'll do it I mean, I don't want to. It's not my job, but I'll fucking do it. I mean, if the guy's got tires that are bald and cords are hanging out and you make a judgment call as an advisor that you don't want to sell him tires because you think, oh, he doesn't have any money. And let me tell you something. Some of the worst dressed people I've ever seen had, fuck, they were millionaires for fuck's sake. They had tons of money. If they looked at their tires and they saw that they were bald as shit with cords hanging out, they might say, holy shit, that's no good. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you as a technician. That's not what your advisor's trying to tell you. I'd probably go for a set of four tires. And the thing is, that's not even an effort to sell them. That's not an effort at all to sell them. Okay, The, the effort needs to be made by the service advisor. I mean, the way a service advisor should put this is to say, you know, Mr. Jones, Uh, we got a good look at your car and it, it, it needs some serious work. And it's extremely unsafe to drive it in the condition it's in right now. And he might be like, oh, well, I don't give a fuck. He might be. He might be. Or he might say, well, geez, what are you talking about? I say, well, the tires have cords hanging out of them. That means they're worn. They have no tread. They're worn down to the metal that holds the damn thing together. So you're likely to have a blowout really literally at any time. So what we do is we recommend that you replace all four tires. And he might say, well, how much are they? Because that's, you know, I mean, that's basically the name of the game is how much are they? And really regardless of how much they are, you at that point have to sell the value. You have to sell the value, not the cost, the value. That's, and that's a, there's a big difference between that. You know it, Michelin tires, sure, they're expensive as shit, but guess what? They're an excellent value because they do their job, they do it well and they, they, and that's why they cost money. Okay. Same with other brands of tires. Now, if you go for one of these goofy Chinese tires, you know, these, I can't even, you know, all tropic, you know, uh, land shark tires or some, because I mean, some of them have the most ridiculous fucking names you've ever heard of. Okay. And they're made in China and they're of hideous quality. And you have a premium vehicle and you put these tires on your car it says to me you're a cheap piece of shit if you have a premium vehicle built with premium parts in the beginning and you bought it and you can't afford to put premium parts on it again it's just just stop and switch brands okay go to a cheaper brand just do it but you as an advisor that's not your decision to make you need to try to sell them and then they say to me well how much is it to install them and if they tell you oh you know it's this much to install them I say well how come it's so much I say, well here's why okay at our particular shop we don't put an 18 year old kid who just graduated from high school and is still taking the wrapper off his tools putting the tires on your car we have trained master technicians who have done thousands and thousands and thousands of tires and they do them correctly every time and they balance them correctly every time and when they do the alignment they know exactly what to do and when it's done they test drive it and if it's good they, they know it's good. They've done their job exactly the way they're supposed to. They're master technicians, for Christ's sakes. They know what they need to do. They're not going to be stumped. They're not going to do anything wrong. You, you've got to sell the value of what a trained technician can do for you instead of maybe some of these uh, tire stores where they have the, uh, you know, they have the part-time kid who uh, a week earlier was mowing lawns for a living or make to make money anyway. You know, you just, the the level of skill and experience is what you're paying for. So you don't have to worry, did they tighten up my lug nuts? And then find out five minutes later that, oh no, they didn't tighten up because there it goes while I sit here. It's less likely to happen if you have a trained master technician working on your car. It's less likely to happen. I'm sure, I'm sure in the past it's happened. I mean, things happen, but in that particular case, the odds are greatly reduced if you have a trained, experienced, professional mechanic. So you need to sell the value, and they don't do that. Same with alignments. Oh, I can get an alignment for 50 bucks down the road. Well, alignment is, an alignment is, in most cases anyway, pure labor. So you have to decide, if they can do an alignment down the road for 50 bucks, I'd say, then go there. And then when it's all fucked up, you can bring it back here and we'll fix it. If somebody says, you know, 150 bucks for an alignment is too much, you say, I'll tell you what, you buy all four tires, I'll give you an alignment for $100, it'll be done by a professional, trained, certified master technician for the brand that that you're at. I'd be like, fuck, that's a great deal. I'd do that, you know, to have my shit set up right, but that's me, okay? I work on my own shit, so I never have to get in that scenario. I have listened because we have, <laughs> this is, and this is ridiculous, I, I can't believe that they actually have this, but... Uh, we have a program at work and I don't want to, I'm not a salesman for them, so I'm not going to tell you who it is, but we have a program at work where I actually get to listen to the phone calls that are made to the customers by our service advisors. They're recorded and I can, as a technician, listen to those calls and I can tell you that there is not one fucking iota of salesmanship going on there. All they do when people call them up, say, hi, this is Mr. Jones. What's going on with my car? They go, ah, Mr. Jones. Uh, we looked at your car and what it needs is uh, blank. Uh, maybe we'll say an engine computer. You need an engine computer to fix the problem. Okay, it's uh, $1,394.12. And Mr. Jones goes, okay, go ahead and get it done. There's no salesmanship involved with that. You just tell them how much it is and they go for it. You don't have to sell it to them. If they start to wiggle and squirm, well, Jesus Christ, how come it's so goddamn much? They don't have any kind of sales pitch to overcome that. They don't have a sales pitch. They go, well, the part's $700. For my trained, experienced master technician to install it and program it properly and recode it properly, the labor is this much. Now, now you can actually go somewhere else and get it done cheaper, but you may not get it done correctly. You're certainly not going to get OEM parts. If you are, they're going to mark them up even more. And their technicians have dubious skills. I don't want to put any of you guys down, but if you work in an indie, you're probably not as skilled at one brand as the guys who work on that brand exclusively. Maybe you used to work at that brand and you are more skilled than the guy working on that car at the dealership. It could happen and it probably does, but you're probably not going to have the right equipment or the equipment that you have is not up to the task or maybe the equipment you have does its better job. How would I know? I'm wrong all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's possible to get quality work from an independent. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, that you won't. What I'm, what I'm trying to say here now is that if you have a vehicle in your shop, your service advisor needs to sell the value of your work in that shop, whether it's an independent or whether it's a dealer. Now, I got a lesson not too long ago in how to sell. And what it comes down to is, and this is, this is it in a nutshell, boys and girls, it is strictly motivation. Are your service advisors motivated to sell? And the answer is probably not. Probably not. They're going to take, because human beings are a lot like electricity, they're going to take the path of least resistance every fucking time. Okay, how many times do you go out of your way to clean something in the shop? You don't do it. How about anybody else in that shop? Not gonna do it. They have to be told to do it. They have to be forced to do it, okay? It's the same with selling. Customer chafes at the idea of buying tires from you and brakes from you for whatever reason, cost, or maybe they feel like they can do it themselves, or maybe they feel like somebody else can do it better. If they chafe at it, how much, How motivated are you to overcome their objection, to sell them the parts that they really truly need for their car? And oh, by the way, that their car is there already and that it's a slam dunk to get it done before five o'clock. It doesn't drag it out over several days and, and make you wait for certain parts to show up. It doesn't make you wait for certain procedures to get done to your car. Now, the lesson I was trying to tell you about here is that in one shop I worked at, it was an independent shop, the owner did a lot of the service advisor work. And she, yeah, and it was a she. And she's pretty sharp. She knows, she knows things about cars. She doesn't know as many things about cars as she thinks she does, but that's neither here nor there right now. She knows a thing or two about cars, and she's the owner, so she is absolutely supremely motivated to sell. And so she does. And this, this lady can sell you anything, because that means more money in her pocket. And that's what she owns business for. She owns that business to make money and she wants to make as much money as possible. And to make as much money as possible, she has to sell as much as possible. She has to sell everything all the time. There's no, there's no taking a customer off. There's no, there's no day off on that motivation. So consequently, if you look at a car and you know that she is going to be the one selling it, you have to be careful what you quote because she's going to sell everything. She sells everything. And I'm not even sure how she does it, to be honest with you. I'm not sure what she does to overcome the objection. Maybe what she does is she overprices everything and then chops it down so that it appears that you get a discount, which is really easy to do. That's probably the easiest thing to do. And I think that's probably what she does. I don't know. I never really asked her. But either way, she's 100% effective. If I quoted 10 things on a car, I learned after a while that I'm going to be doing all 10 of those things to that car if she's selling it. If I get some of the other advisors who just work there and get a paycheck and don't own the place, I might get five. So if, if, if a service advisor tells me that this customer is not going to buy something, I say to them, that's bullshit. Don't fucking tell me a customer isn't going to buy something unless you fucking ask them. And sometimes all you have to do is ask them. Sometimes you have to explain to them the value of having that work done in your shop as a service advisor. You and I know how to do fucking tires. For Christ's sakes, anybody listening to this that is a technician who has tools in his shop and has a tire machine knows how to do tires and probably has a balancer. Even if it's a Fucking bubble balancer, you know how to balance them for Christ's sakes. Your advisor needs to sell that value. They need to say, listen, these guys know what they're doing. They get the job done right every time I trust them. And I think that you should trust them too. And you should trust me because when you come to get your car and you drive it off, you're going to go, holy shit, this thing rides like new again. It steers correctly where it didn't before. The brakes work like they didn't before. Everything is better. It is better. Just like the advisor said, it's going to be a lot better. It's going to be great, and I can drive away with a confident feeling in my heart and in my mind that everything is done correctly because these guys are trained professionals. They're certified. They're master technicians. They have done right by me. They have done the job correctly. And does that sound like a sales pitch? Fuck yeah, it does. Fuck yeah. And you know what? You know what helps? And and really, literally, almost nobody does this. Uh, manufacturers do this but the uh, dealership system the people in the dealership hate this but they go back and they call people say you know you were just in so-and-so dealership how was everything and sometimes they take the time to tell them well you know they 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 said I needed tires and brakes and when they changed and I said go ahead and change them and they changed them and and it runs and rides and stops way better so I appreciate what they did for me yeah that's not likely to happen actually What's likely to happen is they're likely to say, "Well, they sold me tires and brakes, and they overcharged me, but they did a good job putting them on." So, and that's the best you can usually hope for because a lot of times they'll say, eh, "Yeah, they sold me tires. They cost too fucking much. They did an alignment. They didn't do it right. And the brakes, eh, they work a little better than before, but for the most part, I paid too much, or I didn't like the bagels, or you know." I mean, with customer reviews, it's a crap shoot anyway. I mean, everything can go perfectly. And when they leave the parking lot, they hit a pothole and they spill their coffee on their lap. And guess what? Suddenly that repair has pissed them off. Suddenly the review that you're going to get from that customer is not going to be good. Whereas before they hit that bump and spilled their coffee, the review was probably going to be eh, okay. It was going to be good. But now it's bad because they got... Coffee stains on their skirt or on their pants, and now their junk smells like a fucking latte or something. So it's subjective. But when you when you when when service advisors talk to customers, I, I'm finding more and more lately that they just tell them how much the parts are, and then they shut up. They don't try to sell the value. If your company has service advisors who don't own the company, uh, you can bet that they're not nearly as motivated to sell as they would be. If they did own the company, that's one of the things I'm trying to tell you. The other thing is too, is that nobody trains advisors how to sell. Oh, they might try to, they might try to, but they can't invent, they can't, nobody can instill in anyone, really, honestly, any type of motivation to do anything that has to come from within. All motivation is Internal all of it, all of it. Oh sure, you can be motivated to go get a job and earn money because you have a family, but there's plenty of guys out there who have a family who don't give a fuck about them and are not motivated to do anything. So really, that motivation is still internal. You want your wife and your kids to have a nice place to live and, and, and good food to eat and they want you want them to be safe and you want them to go to school and you want them to be smart and that might motivate you, but still still that motivation is internal and with advisors it's the same way and if they're well paid if they make a cut of what they sell they might be more motivated but still they're never ever ever going to be as motivated as if they own the company they're never going to nobody no advisor no service advisor in the world is ever going to get that motivated and believe me if you were to see that in action it would it would mind-numbing it is, it's mind numbing because it didn't earn me any extra money. I was, I was hourly at that particular shop. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I wrote 15 hours worth of work and she sold it all and I got it done in six hours and I made X amount of money. I made the same amount of money either way, but it was still amazing to watch her sell because she could sell. So let that be a lesson to you. Figure out how to motivate your advisors. I mean, if there's something that you can do to motivate them and sometimes by just being friendly, by just being nice to them, and telling them that you need money in a friendly way or or maybe getting into a situation financially, uh, whether it's real or not, <laughs> uh, let them know that, you know, you need them to sell this job because you need the money because you got a, you know, little Timmy needs an operation, you know, and you can't get that operation done with a, a potato. Uh, that's one of the things that you can do. But as far as advisors go, just remember that. It, and then the motivation. <laughs> The other thing I find with advisors is some days the motivation is there and some days it's not. And most days it's not, and some days it's never gonna be there. And so you gotta get rid of those. Uh, God's, there's plenty of those out there. The thing is with being an advisor, okay, and I this will be like the last thing I say, if you have a good service manager who knows what advisors go through, who knows how to delegate work properly, which means not giving advisors more work to do than they need or that they can correctly get done in a fair amount of time. If you have advisors who care and wanna do the job and are properly motivated by bonuses or commissions, it's quite possible that that's a very, very well-paying job. But one last thing about advisors is that it takes, uh, in my opinion, and I've seen all different types, Uh, and this will be the last thing I say about this. It takes a a, a specific personality to do that job properly. It takes a specific personality. Um, If you're one of these people now, uh, I have a friend of mine who's an advisor who is very, very successful, uh, very good at what he does. He has an extraordinary amount of charisma. And when people meet him, they like him. So he has an edge from the very moment that he talks to a customer. They like him. He in some cases, likes them back. Most of the time he doesn't. Uh, And he does very well because when he goes to sell them something because they like him, there's a sense of sincerity to what he's telling them, even though uh, in some cases, uh, the sincerity is not so sincere, it's faked. But, uh, uh, and there's other people whose personalities are the exact opposite. Now mine mine is that, the exact opposite from that. I'm one of these people that if you were to meet me, you probably wouldn't like me just by looking at me. And uh, I get that, I, I'm familiar with that. It's been going on my whole life. Uh, I've always had difficulty meeting women because they can see right through me and uh, uh, it's uh, there's nothing I can really do about that. They they have a sixth sense about these things. And uh, uh, one of the things about that sixth sense is that they're usually right. <laughs> so uh, so it would be difficult for me to be a service advisor. And And the other thing is that I don't like to lie to people. I like to tell them the truth. You know, they'll say to me, say, well, you know, if I, put this engine computer if I if I buy this engine computer and I put it in a car will that fix the car and I'll be like probably what do you mean probably I'd like 100% go yeah you're not going to get that you know I'm not going to tell whereas my friend who's very good at this would say oh yeah that'll fix the car and that ends that conversation and then if it doesn't then he can go back, and he what he'll do is he'll throw the technician under the bus, which is another thing that they do. But that again, folks, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. So we'll go we'll go into that so at some point in time. But uh, for now, we're just talking about motivating our service advisors to sell, and the fact that most of them just don't. So maybe that's a little bit of a, a, a maybe that's a little bit of help for you if uh, if you have an advisor you have trouble dealing with, and he's your advisor. Um, I've had some bad ones and I've had some good ones. So we'll we'll deal with that. So you'll have to figure out how to deal with that. And, and it might involve a change of behavior on your part in order to affect uh, a change of behavior in their part. Anyway, that's enough about advisors not selling shit. <laughs> um, if you have some methods or maybe some techniques that will enhance the sale of a repair repair, your service advisor. Let me know what they are. I'd, lo- I'd love to have some insight into this. I really don't have any as it is now. It, it can always be better. Anyway, that's enough about advisors for today, folks. Uh, figure out how to deal with them, figure out how to motivate them, and uh, I'm going to get out of here and motivate myself to do something different today. This is your Uncle Jimmy signing off saying, see ya.